the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Virginia Democratic Governor Ralph Northam is apologizing for being part of a racist yearbook photo in 1984 and asking for a chance to regain the public trust. More from correspondent Jackie Quinn. Democrat Ralph Northam took office in 2018 and is now facing a political crisis over a med school yearbook page from 1984, which shows two people, one in blackface, one in a Ku Klux Klan costume, and he admits that one of them is him. Meanwhile, the chairman of Virginia's Republican Party, Jack Wilson, notes that Florida's Secretary of State, Michael Erdl, recently resigned when similar racially tainted photos of him came to the surface. The Democrats were clearly um, renouncing that. Uh, I'll be interested to see what other Democrats in Virginia and around the nation do. Planned Parenthood is now among those calling on Northam to resign as well. This is SRN News. I loved playing high school sports. I love the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry, and I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Students come to Online Trading Academy for many reasons. Some love their jobs but don't make enough money to live the life they dream about. Some aren't happy with their job and hope for something better. And others invest and trade but just need a better path to improve their returns. We even have students who have never invested or traded before. And they might not even know a stock from a rock but dream of having extra income. There are better income opportunities than trading your time for money. It's time to learn those skills. Join us at Online Trading Academy so we can show you the path to your financial freedom. Register today for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250 on your cell phone, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy Radio. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Good morning and welcome, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening to the show today. I am interested in sports a little bit. I always say, I just got this. This just came in uh, while the uh, while the uh, while the music was playing. Uh, someone po- someone poked up for me. Here's the title of the piece. This is from Morning Consult, which is a um, which is someone that works in the marketing area. It's a national marketing uh, media consulting firm. 
New England Patriots are least popular sports dynasty of modern era. Yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody suffers a penalty for uh, beating up on the New England Patriots. Um if you went down, who's the most popular? Okay, so here's who's the most popular, and this is the part that that annoys me no end. I, I should say everybody knows if you listen to my if you suss through my accent a little bit, you realize I'm from New England. I am not a Patriots fan. I'm actually in, in football. I actually root for the New York Giants, um, and my 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 heart my heart always goes out to the to the Minnesota Vikings fans, um, who now deserve the title long suffering. Um, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I, I, I don't root for them. But and for me, the Patriots are always what I love most is the fact that until last year, the only team that had interrupted the New England Patriots domination of the NFL had been the New York Giants. Uh, but um, the fact that we just don't seem to like uh, these teams very much, the most popular, the Chicago Bulls, followed by the Lakers of the 80s, the Magic Johnson Lakers who get almost almost 50% more net favorability than do the Boston Celtics of pretty much that same period, who owned them, just to say. Okay, but anyway, that's all you'll hear about the Super Bowl today. All right, um, and I'm, I'm with pretty much 95% of America in which I say, go Rams. But it's job Saturday, and we have to get to the jobs report. I mean, there's just too much to do. I didn't. I don't usually plan on bringing guests on during um, Job Saturday. I typically want. I typically want to do the deep dive of the data, but I'm going to bring you a, a guest in the second hour because we got we got a weird a weird message from my sister-in-law followed by followed by news articles and emails from our local power provider, Excel Energy. In case you're listening to us at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, which you can do, and you can actually go find the podcast of the show up there. If you should miss us live, you can catch us at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. All of the shows are are kept for posterity therein. I got a call. You're t- you're he- that, you know, my sister-in-law tells my wife, did you know that our heat needs to be down to 63 degrees? Hmm. Why is that? Well, we're going to have uh, Isaac Lee, a, uh, a policy fellow at the Center of the American Experiment, uh, with us during the second hour to talk through what the heck happened to to gas and why did people in Sherburne County, which I'm looking at out my window, I'm actually sitting in Stearns County, at the Mississippi River here at St. Cloud State University. If I look across the river to the east side of St. Cloud, I'm looking at, from here, I'm looking at Sherburne County. Um, and and at the other end of Sherburne County, out in Baldwin Township, they had to tell a bunch of people, no gas for you. Um, and um, th- that reference to a Seinfeld character, intentional. Um, so, anyway, we'll do that. I want we got to talk about the Fed. The Fed had its policy meeting, and and uh, Jay Powell, the chair of the Fed, had to come out and speak because he now says he wants to talk after every meeting. This is actually not going well. I'm going to have I've got four. I think I've got five clips for you from that meeting. Uh, they'd be enough to convince you that maybe Mr. Powell would like to, you know, <laughs> sit down and. Then, one last story I think we'll get time to at the end of the show today. When you get that call from the president, the Foxconn edition will be coming up at the end of this. We will be coming up at the end of this, at the end of this hour. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's get to the jobs report because it was, it was one of those where everybody was talking about the federal government shutdown and things would happen. You could see people when they actually started to think about how much how much would happen okay how, you know or or how the data would actually play out they started to really think about the fact that you know this might be kind this might not be as big an impact the impact might not be as large as we thought so i had been thinking about it and i thought there could be two different things if 
Remember, as we tell you every month, there are, the jobs report is actually two reports, not one, because there's two different surveys you do. There's one of individuals. You call households, about 60,000 of them, and you ask, you ask the person who's on the line, are you currently employed and working? And if, you're not, if you are, it pretty much ends the survey. They, so for a subset of them, they'll ask them a set of additional questions, but that's pretty much the only question of any import that they will ask you. If you answer, yes, you're working. If you're not working, then you go down a branch where you're going to get a bunch of different questions to determine are you actually unemployed or are you outside the labor force? What's happening? It was expected that people who were on layoff from the government, at the, a temporary layoff from the government, would would be added to that number. And the result of that would be, in fact, a would be an, a slight uptick in the unemployment rate. And sure enough, the unemployment rate went back up to 4%. four that really isn't that big an issue, as was determined. As was determined by the um, was determined by the by the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and should be popping up on uh, Twitter for you right now. If you follow the show and you want to see the things we talk about, we always do jokes about the fact that I'm trying to describe graphs to you that over a radio program. But for people that want the visuals, you can go to. Twitter, follow the hashtag pound KBRS, and you can get the materials for the show. So I will sometimes schedule bits to come up as I know I'm going to talk about them. Popping up in the last moment at pound KBRS using my hashtag at Banyan or my, my Twitter handle at Banyan Show will be something on the uh, 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 that's called frequently asked questions the impact of the partial federal government shutdown on the, on the, on the jobs report. And if, you, and if you were to be looking at the third and fourth pages of that report, it says indeed, if you look at the number of unemployed federal workers, okay, in December there were 152,000 unemployed federal workers. And in December there were 13,000 that were on temporary layoff, that meaning they, they were sent away, their project wasn't working right now, but they were expected to be called back later. In January, that number rose from 152 to 228, and the number on temporary layoff rose from 13,000 to 104,000. So one could conclude from that that the difference, 91,000, would largely incorporate those folks who are on furlough. Now, we don't know for sure. We don't know for sure whether, whether they were... That's exactly the right number, but it's an estimate, and that estimate should be pretty good. And and in January, there were 239,000 federal workers without uh, classified as employed with a job, but not at work. So if you were with a job, but not at work during that period, um, they are not included in that. And the problem being, they may have been at work. They may not been at work. They may have technically been unemployed. But because they had their job and they knew they were going to go back to their job, they didn't call themselves unemployed. Remember, at the end of the day, the answer to the question, you know, is, is written down by some government worker. And this is an unusual situation. You don't, you, you know, these shutdowns that last five weeks and lapse over a reporting period where you're where you're in the field with your survey, they don't happen very often. So the government worker that has to write this down, okay, is that person unemployed or not, is receiving information from a, from a respondent who doesn't know exactly how to answer the question. I have a job. I am on I'm on leave right now. But I have a job, and I expect to be back really soon. And they didn't know when they do the survey, which is in the second full week of January. There's no end in sight. They don't know when they're going to be back. Some may have thought they're going to be back next week. Some may have thought they're never going back, etc. Okay. Um, but if you went and looked at the total number of people who were employed who had a job but weren't currently at work, the number of those that were federal workers was 239,000 in January versus 77,000 in December. So you see there's a slight difference in the responses. The question is slightly different. 
So our best guess is that the number of workers that were unemployed in that number is somewhere between 91,000 and 162,000. You put those together and what do you get? That should be pretty much all of the one, the 1% uptick in the unemployment rate. But here's the one more thing. We know, and I'll, I'll break the number down for you after, after in the next segment, but, in this, but we know that the headline number that a lot of people, and particularly I think the uh, White House emphasized, was the fact that there were 304,000 net new jobs in the economy. The, the, that's from the payroll survey. But here's the thing. Suppose I am, suppose I'm a federal worker and I'm furloughed. I'm told I'm not to come to work because there's no money to pay me right now. So I have that job. That job is recorded, and in the payroll survey, that person is counted as a worker. Suppose that furloughed person now turns around and gets a job uh, driving pizzas for for uh, a, a fast food pizza place that's going to make a ton of money this weekend and has and, and has pictures of playing dice on their on their cars okay suppose i go to work temporarily driving pizzas around around minneapolis guess what that's another job so some of the 304 gain has a little bit of air in it because some of those people went out and got a new job temporarily and they're counted in the number and we have no idea how many of those people there are. Some of them might have gone to a temporary help service and said, you know, I'm out for a few weeks. I really need a paycheck. Could you find something for me to do? We don't know how many people that is. So, but we have some feel within this number here that it's probably somewhere in the hundred to 150,000 range. What fraction of those people went out and got themselves a, a temporary job to backfill their paychecks while backfill their 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 checkbooks while uh, they were out on leave we have no idea it's probably not 150,000 it's probably not even 100,000 but if it was 40 or 50,000 that's a pretty significant piece of that 300,000 gain there's more to it than that and we'll talk about the the big burst in construction that happened and is it just weather or is there something else going on we'll be back after this you're listening to the king banyan show on business 1440 Us Minnesotans, we're tough, and we know cold, which is why we've prepared and responded to the coldest weather in decades. We're putting safety first by moving Prepare and Respond on air. Join us Sunday, February 10th at 6 p.m. on our sister station, AM 980, The Mission. Our keynote speakers will still present on blocking cyber threats, planning for a crisis situation, and more. But now you can listen from the comfort and safety of home. Prepare and Respond is supported by Henningsen and Snoxel. Relief Factor is made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients. Gives your body the help it needs to aid fighting recurring aches and pains. When life's aches and pains get you down, you need relief. Physicians made Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's fight against aches and pains. It's a remarkable product. It has worked. I only endorse it because it helped my wife with her knee pain. I didn't even know she was taking it. Then when it was mentioned, she said, oh, yeah, this stuff is is like magic. Look, there are people who've told me they've postponed or delayed or simply negated surgery because of Relief Factor. That's how powerful it is. Go to www.relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, that's 800-500-8384. This remarkable product is called Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. 
chance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. Welcome back, King Daniel Show. This is fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Let me let me because we got lots to do today. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to move quickly through the jobs report here. It's Job Saturday here on the King Banyan Show. First Saturday of every month, we pick up the that follows the first Friday of the month. We pick up the jobs report and we dig into its details. The jobs report is always screwy for the, in the January report because you have the annual re, revisions to the data, or what they'll what the Fed, or excuse me, what Bureau of Labor Statistics refers to as rebenchmarking. Okay, meaning that they've got more complete data and they're trying to catch up to the more complete data, so they will they will adjust the numbers for the previous year. In in that particular in that particular focus all right this is one of the reasons why i always tell people pay attention to averages don't rely on individual numbers yes it was up 304,000 but some of that could be workers uh, work federal workers on layoff who or, or or furlough who decide to go out and get a temp job someplace that could that's probably in that number to some extent Okay, more of it was, in fact, the construction numbers, up 52,000. ADP had reported earlier in the week that, that, da- that those data were going to be up by a fairly large amount. Uh, um, now, the construction numbers up by a fairly large amount. In the survey week, unlike the weather we experienced last week, the weather was quite mild for January in the first half of the year, not just here in the upper Midwest, but around the country. And so in the seasonal adjustment process, if you have a warmer than average average January in the first two to three weeks of the, of the month, you will end up with construction showing much higher, um, much higher uh, employment effects than you might, than you might otherwise. Okay. I, um, I, I, I believe that that's where, that's where this is, where some of these data have come from. But then the, there's the benchmark, rebenchmarking part, the revisions. It is always really tough to look at that at that particular data in any way. This is one reason why I was willing to sort of shorten up the job Saturday portion of the King Banyan Show here today on Business 1440 because that data is just not. That data just has a, more than the average amount of noise in it. And so you should probably steer, um, steer clear of trying to make any broad pronouncements on it. I heard a couple that I thought, I thought were, uh, that were sort of both on and off the mark. Um, here's one. This is John Taylor, person I hold in very high regard. He's from the Hoover Institution at Stanford he was on CNBC yesterday after the jobs report and asked about about sort of the Fed's reaction to that jobs report. Let's play cut number six, please. Cut number six. Did the Fed change its tone too much over the last couple of months? I think the Fed has uh, struggled to get on the, the right message, and you saw a little bit of that in the last few months. Partly it's because... 
they're debating where they're going, what the uh, rate will be eventually, what the balance sheet will be eventually. So maybe they've be gotten a little too flexible, but I think they'll, they'll be adjusting this, uh, the remainder of this year, the next few meetings. So, so he was a little uncertain, but then in uh, opposition to that, uh, I think to some extent, from Grant Thornton and former uh, president of the National Association of Business Economists, Diane Swank, was also on CNBC, and she said this, cut number seven. I don't think this is going to change the Fed's policy right now. I think one of the most important things is the distortions we did get from the shutdown. And there was some double counting done there. We saw a lot of workers, a half million workers in a month, forced to take on part-time from full-time jobs. That increased the participation rate, but many of those workers were furloughed workers that were not paid, either government workers that were not paid seeking part-time work to make ends meet during the month, or contractors who were not paid seeking jobs. So that really is a distortion in the data. We also had 175,000 workers on temporary layoffs that jumped during the month were the furloughed workers who weren't looking for those part-time jobs in the unemployment rate. So I think the participation rate got a little extra lift from some of the double counting. We also saw the actual acceptance of jobs. Many employers who might have been looking and wanting for workers saw them temporarily in the month of January, and that helped them to buoy the payroll numbers as well. But a lot of the jobs in these part-time sectors, leisure and hospitality, warehousing and trucking, Retail were all the leaders, and as Steve pointed out, the big gain from construction. I'm in the middle of the polar vortex, which is now melting away. But during the survey week, we had unusually mild uh, winter weather, which was helping construction and many of these other sectors. And so, the the point that that uh, Ms. Swank is making, which I think is which I think is a good one. Okay, I think is a good one. Is is that is that there that. I always tell people the January report has noise in it because of the uh, the revisions, the rebenchmarking of the data. After the rebenchmarking of that data, let me let me just uh, look at this. If you look at the three month average now, including the January number, which will be subject to revision, uh, two hundred forty one thousand jobs per month being created. Six month average two hundred and thirty two, twelve month average two hundred and thirty four. That feels closer to where we are right now. If you take the two hundred and thirty four thousand jobs per month over the last twelve months and you take that, the night the twenty seventeen rate was one hundred and seventy nine thousand. The twenty sixteen rate was one hundred and ninety three thousand. The twenty fifteen average was two hundred and twenty seven thousand. And and the twenty fourteen rate average was two hundred and fifty thousand. So if you put all of those together, what you find, if you put that together, you'd say last year was the best year in the last, was the best year of the last four, and probably better than five. And the other point which Swank makes, which I, which I think is very important, think about how strong an economy has to be where a furloughed federal worker who might be out two, three, four weeks, could have possibly been out longer if, if the president had decided to, end, to, to sign a three-week uh, continuation and reopening of the government. How much stronger would the economy be, how, much, how strong is the economy when those people can somehow go out and find all these jobs that Ms. Swank is saying? Isn't that, in fact, a statement of, of the economy's strength? Isn't that a statement, in fact, about the degree of shortage of labor in the marketplace? Those statements are actually, I mean, we... Businesses are having difficulty finding qualified workers. They have trouble. They're, they're imagining that they're going to have to raise wages. They hope they can raise prices to pay for those wage increases. They might or might not be able to do that. Um, there is a there is a crying need in my mind for some better analysis of of the degree to which there are, are these labor shortages, and how did the federal workers come to that? come to be able to fill that and it's a statement that if you were ever going to try to reduce the size of government which people who listen to my show uh will will know um i'm in favor of this would be a really good time because 
what she's describing is a lot of folks landed on their feet. Because if she's wrong in what she's just described, then the alternative explanation is that the economy is far stronger than we thought and that the Federal Reserve's pause that it took should be a lot... The the pause that it took should be not a pause, that the Fed was on the right track before and now has gotten weak in the knees. Now, I don't know which of those it's, is is going to happen i don't i i think the federal reserve has a has a fairly hard job it has a hard job not entirely due to what to the mistakes that i think uh uh chairman powell has made in terms of a communication strategy but he's not helping in honest to goodness i think the i think i think uh, uh chairman powell should go this decision to double up his communications and actually have actually have a press conference after every meeting rather than ever, after every other meeting uh it didn't start well uh you got to you've got to listen to some of the things that happened here we're going to we'll uh we'll do just a titch more on the on the jobs report uh give you a few of the other numbers uh, then we'll give you. Then then we'll switch to, to talking about Jay Powell and the Fed and its statements it made last week, both its written statement and the press conference. After this, King Banyan Show Business fourteen forty. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? Worse yet, how many customers are your competitors stealing from you because they are? The vast majority of the population is on social media nearly every day shopping. Does your business have an effective selling presence on social media? We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Your competition is already social. Catch them and surpass them. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We know how to make every digital dollar count towards sales success. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. It is so exciting to think that the Lord loves us in such a way that he sent his son to provide the way for us to be directed perfectly, gently, and effectively. C.S. Lewis bluntly stated this fact. Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. None of us can serve two masters. We try, but we cannot do it. As the hymn says, keep your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. I pray that we can be used by each other to exhort and edify the church and grow the real kingdom. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's Word to examine our hearts and our motives because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call at 612-900-9166. Or look us up at thekingdombuilders.net. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too. Until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife. So I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472. 
Welcome back, King Bang and Show. This is 1440. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the music, uh, Andrew. That's a nice piece. I like that. Yeah, let that yeah, go ahead. Let it play a second. That, that, that sounds good. Talking about the jobs report. Talking about the Fed. We are uh, we're, we're talking uh, also about the cold and uh, how markets react to cold and how it could have reacted to the cold, which would have been maybe better than what happened here in Minnesota this past week. And when do you get that phone call? When the president calls and says, you know that plant you're building? Keep building it. Don't, don't just give up on it. Anyway, let's go ahead and take that down now, Andrew. And uh, let's uh, let's get back. Let's get back briefly to to the jobs report. There was a piece I, I was reading it last night. Where, where here we go. Um, this was on Axios Markets. Uh, excuse me, Axios Future, uh, one of the Axios uh, uh, newsletters. Uh, this was up talking about the jobs report, and they called it the two-sided jobs picture. And I'm like, which side are you wanting to talk about? I think this is interesting. I'm going to read a little bit. Though wages grew by 3.2% over the last year, or 1.3% after accounting for inflation, that's about what half of what it should be, said Joe Brusellis, chief economist at RSM. Quote, at this point in the business cycle, we traditionally have 4 to 5% nominal wage gains and about 2.5% after inflation. It was another month of anemic gain. ...wage-setting power enjoyed by large companies that dominate metropolitan population areas. Quote, they are so large they are able to set a prevailing wage that other companies then follow, he said. Large behemoths essentially set wages. This creates a ceiling that wages are simply not going to move above. Well, that's possibly true. But I would add just one one important note to that. Real wages depend on, and what do we teach you when, we, when you're in my, our economics classes at any university, not just mine? We will tell you that, particularly in the principles class, in the first class that you take in economics, we'll say the wage one receives, net of inflation, is equal to the value, the value of the additional output you create. We'll use, we'll use fancy jargon like the marginal product of labor. But uh, that's pretty much what it means. If you produce for, if, if adding you to my, to my line of making widgets adds five widgets to, to my production, that I'll pay you the cash equivalent of five widgets. Because that's your marginal, that's your, that's the value you've added to my work. Now, that works fine when you're talking about uh, about manufacturing and, and, and piece work or something like that. It doesn't work nearly so well. I mean, how do we estimate the marginal product of Andrew to, to, for producing this show? Okay, can the show happen without him? Possibly. Possibly. But I'm pretty sure the station would not really want me to be pressing buttons and making decisions about what goes over the air. I have no skill at it. I've not I've not been trained in it. I don't have anything. Likewise, likewise, Andrew's a pretty smart guy, but we probably he probably benefits from having a person on the on the microphone here who's spent pretty much his entire life studying studying economics. Okay? It would be very hard for him and I to disentangle how much of the production is him, how much the production is me. Is it possible? Well, the data says that the pro- data say that the productivity of labor is growing at a slower rate. Is that because we have large behemoths set- setting wages? Not necessarily. 
I would. I'm not saying that Mr. that Mr. Brucellus or Dr. Brucellus, I, I I know I know this guy's qualifications. He's not a dummy. Okay, he's a well-educated economist, and he might be right. But there's another explanation for this, and this is what this is what we do in economics. We try to figure out who's right and who's wrong by looking at data and trying to do statistical tests and trying to find out what fits the forward here and 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 go forward from that okay so jobs report good not great noisy because because of warm weather noisy because of the shutdown okay put less stock in it than you do normally let's put more stock maybe in the statements made by the Federal Reserve. So they met Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, and so on Wednesday released the latest FOMC statement in which they made several major changes. The rate was kept at the two and a quarter, two and a half percent range. They put in a whole new paragraph that I that I'm going to read to you. In determining the timing and size of future adjustments to the target rate for the federal funds rate target range, excuse me, for the federal funds rate. The committee will assess and realize and expected economic conditions relative to its maximum employment objective and its symmetric 2% inflation objective. This assessment will take into account a wide range of information, including measures of labor market conditions, indicators of inflation pressures and inflation expectations, and readings on financial and international developments. Now, I want you to think about that statement because it is a tremendous statement of how to use things like interest rates and the stock market in thinking about what the Fed is doing. Is the Fed targeting the S&P 500? It is not. Is the Fed targeting the slope of the yield curve, as some have suggested? It says it's not. What does it say? It has an object it has two objectives maximum employment symmetric 2% inflation objective now the word symmetric is a little cody because people have argued that the fed is asymmetric because it sort of accepts fairly easily a 1.7 or 1.8% inflation target it doesn't say oh we're too low we need to get to 2 not 1.8 Whereas if it goes to 2.2 versus then 2, that's a three-alarm firing. You've got to raise interest rates through the roof. People have argued that. So the word symmetric says, basically, we're relatively indifferent in how we think about being two, two ten, a quarter percent above our target versus a quarter percent below the target. That says that the costs of inflation are relatively linear. That actually isn't what theory says. But it's a signal that they're willing to be accepting of a little bit more inflation than they do otherwise. And that that's, I would argue that's the wrong way to go. I actually like an asymmetric objective. You've heard me talk about this before. But they what they signaled was that's an important signal. And that comes from a statement, that an uh, FOMC statement that was voted on in favor unanimously, including... Esther George, who's the Kansas City Fed president, who tends to be a little more on the hawkish side regarding inflation, and by uh, James Bullard from the St. Louis Fed, who has probably been a little more on the dove side regarding inflation than before. Uh, James Bullard, by the way, will be here on Thursday at Winter Institute. I am so looking forward to hearing that. I'll let you in on a secret. You can still get a ticket. I know it says on the website that uh, it says that they're, that sales close on January 31st. I think you can still get a ticket. I think they left it open over the weekend. But just for people who know me, right? So if you'll go to stcloudstate.edu slash winterinstitute, and if you want to come hear Jim speak on, on Thursday night, or any of our other great speakers, Manuel Khan will be there on Thursday night. Brian Kaplan, who you heard here last week, will be here on Friday. If you want to come hear all those... You can still come. It's okay. Go ahead. stcloudstate.edu slash winterinstitute. It'll work. Trust me. But, so, everyone agreed to this. Everyone agreed to this. Here's what's not in the statement. Nothing about the balance sheet normalization. Not a word. 
Not a word about it. And so what does he get peppered with? He gets peppered with questions about that. I'll play those after the break, but I want to play one. I want to play one that suggests exactly why. Or let, me, let me play two. This is Jay Powell from, from, uh, from the press conference after the release of this statement on Wednesday. So what do they say? They say, we're going to look at financial and international developments, but they say the objectives are simply employment and inflation in this t- symmetric 2% target. And what he's trying to say is, in fact, financial and international market developments are telling him about employment and inflation. Uh, Andrew, play cut number four. Number four. I'm going to give him a second to find this. This is Jay Powell talking about the use of data in how they set policy. When you think about a broad range of financial conditions, not just one or two things. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interest rates, it's risk spreads, it's currency, it's, it's the stock market, it's, it's credit availability, it's many, many factors. And what matters for financial conditions is when there are changes, and those changes are sustained for a period of time, then they become important for us because they have important macroeconomic implications. So that's how we think about it. So we, we, we don't react to, um, you know, to most things that happen in the financial markets, but when we see a sustained change in financial conditions, then that's something that has to play into our thinking. In fact, our policy works through changing financial conditions. So it's sort of, a, it's sort of the essence of what we do. Right. So, so if you think about it, here, here's the way I like to think about it. Think about, a, think about a target, okay, but your target's moving. So think of it like shooting, shooting uh, trap, right? Your target's moving, right? And it's way out in the distance, okay? So, so the stand where, you're sh- where, the, where, the, where the skeet are coming out, okay, is well down the range, but to help you aim, there are these other things, there are these intermediate targets that you can shoot through that will give you a good idea. If I go through this particular piece and my, my, my aim goes through that, it gives me a better chance of hitting the target down the range. Right? So I'm going to shoot through this, through this intermediate target to hit the goal at the end. That's the value of the interest rate. That's the value of the stock market signal. It's not hitting it for the sake of hitting that. It's hitting that because they believe by hitting that it can get the thing down here. The whole point is is that because monetary policy works with long and variable lags, we can't really do much of we we can't do nearly as much as we'd like to do. Uh, uh, you know, we 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 won't know that we've hit the target right away. But if we can use the the interest rates, we can use the slope of the yield curve to tell us that we're on the right track, we think we'll get there eventually. And that's an important thing. That's an important piece to consider. All right, so let's let's take a break here. I'm learning a little long on this segment. We'll be back after this with more Jay Powell on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife. So I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. 
If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's W-O-W-1-1 to 88988. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Minnesota. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result? It transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Well, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Jay Powell survives. King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Coming up next hour, um, how energy regulation may have caused some people to be really cold this past week here in Minnesota. And when the president calls, the Foxconn edition, um, the, uh, coming up after, after this, uh, after this uh, next few segments here we'll be talking about those issues but we're right now here on the king banyan show on business 1440 focused on what happened at the federal reserve uh this week now that statement that we just played before the break and i'm going to play one more quick quickly here these were fine this is this is where we've had fine communication i think from from the uh from the statement and i think i think that that previous comment that that financial conditions are are the intermediate target and and they're they're what's telling the Fed whether or not they're hitting their objectives. That's fine. And right now, what do they say? They say, look, there's enough information out there that we think the amount of downside risk is higher than it was before. Let's go ahead. We're going to play cut number one from Jay Powell. This is about about what he sees as risk to the downside. Please play that clip. Last week, the IMF said risks are clearly skewed to the downside for the U.S. and global economy. Can you clarify, does the FOMC see risks as skewed to the downside, particularly after you removed the statement about risk being balanced? We had a, an extensive discussion of, uh, of the baseline and also of the risk to the baseline. And the risks are, uh, of course, the fact that financial conditions have tightened, that uh, global growth has slowed, as well as some, let's say, government-related risks like Brexit and trade, trade discussions and also the uh, effects and ultimate disposition of the shutdown. So we, looked at, we look at those, and the way we think of it is that policy, we will use our policy, and we have, to offset risks to the, to the baseline. So we, we, uh, we view the baseline as still solid, and part of that is the way we adjusted our, our, our baseline to address those risks. So that's the way we're thinking about that now. So there's your there's your statement about the risk, and I think, and and so he's trying to communicate this patience, and and that's all consistent with what he said before. And indeed, I think I got enough time to play this. Play this. If you listen to the reaction from some folks, I, I thought this was the, some of the best comment here. I, I may need to stop you in the middle of this, but this is this is Megan Green from Manulife uh, on Bloomberg on on our station here. 
um, uh, yesterday speaking about speaking about the jobs report and where the Fed's going right now. Uh, this is cut number nine, uh, Andrew. Let's please please play cut number nine. Megan Green and Manulife Asset Management still with us. You're a nerd, so here's your take. <laughs> I am. I mean, what government shutdown and what bad weather? I think this is a blockbuster jobs report, both in terms of average hourly earnings and, as Mike pointed out, in terms of hours worked. So for all the concerns about underlying weakness in the economy, of which, you know, there aren't that many signs of in the hard data, I think this suggests, you know, that that's, the, that's right. The economy is actually still strong. It'll be interesting to see what the Fed does off the back of this. And, of course, the Fed has time, but... You know, for all the worries that the Fed won't be hiking rates anymore um, and that it's data dependent, I do think that there is an argument that the data will will uh, justify. Rates. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Stop whether- right there. Okay, so here's what's interesting about that. I, I'm not going to have time to play more of it. Can you, so, Andrew, if you can, just pause it there. We'll come back to the remainder um, in, the, in the next hour. But what's interesting about that is this, right? If, he's, if they are truly data dependent, the jobs report that we talked about in the first half of this hour would would make it more likely now that the Fed raises rates. I agree with that. What I disagree with is is that it is determinative that the Fed is too slow. I don't want to hear that because, as I have talked about already in this hour, the data are really, really, really noisy right now. Okay, particularly, particularly between weather and the shutdown and the usual revision stuff that happens you know i i used to do a forecast every that i I would have to do it in the first week of february i hate doing forecasts in the first week of february because i've just received this this noisy data at the national level and i have no idea what the state and local data are going to look like until it filters through to us so i'm glad not to have it the fed will use this information but the Fed, I think, probably is smart enough to understand that the information is a little bit on the noisy side. And so and so it, it it's going to rely on a number of things. So I've praised the Fed here now for, for the last uh, 20 minutes or so. You want to hear the other side of my, my talk about the Fed today? You stay with us till after these messages. I'll be back with a little criticism of Jay Powell talking about the runoff and the balance sheet here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Oh, hey. Hey, did you hear? My friend's company was the victim of an email impersonation attack. It's a serious threat to every business. What if cyber criminals target us and trick accounting into making a wire transfer? Don't worry. We have Barracuda. So we're secured? Yeah. Barracuda uses artificial intelligence to detect and block spear phishing and account takeover attempts. What a relief. Don't become a victim. Protect your business at Barracuda.com. Barracuda. Your journey secured. All right, here's the great selling point of Relief Factor. Well, actually, the greatest selling point is that it works for the great majority of people who use it. But the big selling factor is really this. You can get all the pain relief benefits of Relief Factor without the negative side effects of ibuprofen. A couple of years ago, with great sciatic pain, I would take ibuprofen a lot. And it helped, but the side effects were so awful after a while that I I just had to discontinue use. But that's not the problem with relief factor. So that's huge. So if you've been using any form of ibuprofen, now you don't have to with relief factor. Go to relieffactor.com, check out the pricing, and please give it a try because pain is pretty awful. Or call 800-500-8384. That's relieffactor.com. This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. Two destructive impulses distort media coverage of far too many major and minor events, and both of these instincts were on powerful display in the recent distortions involving a nonviolent Lincoln Memorial exchange between pro-life Catholic high school boys from Covington, Kentucky, and activists representing indigenous peoples and black Israelites. First, reporters tend to blame conservatives for anything that goes wrong, even when there's scant evidence to back them up. Second, the media almost always exaggerate anything that does go wrong. Any problem from the environment to the economy to the political system to schools and even foreign relations automatically becomes a catastrophe. The idea is that the public will pay more attention if you can make them worried or scared. The news business 
becomes the bad news business, promoting an unduly pessimistic view of our country and the world. I'm Michael Medved. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. We work hard our entire lives to provide for our families with the hope one day to enjoy our retirement. Our whole lives, we've been told what to do with our investments, and now we're nervous that we may not have enough to live the life we want. Learn to be the best steward of your money. At Online Trading Academy, we offer a free investing class. Dial pound 250 on your cell phone, use keyword OTA, or go to learn with OTA. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.